Hello everyone, welcome back to Data on Snow podcast. I'm Dinesh and I'm very excited to talk to Pedro Martins, uh, who's going to share his experiences uh, on implementing Data Snow platform. Pedro is the manager of data engineering at OutSystems. Uh, OutSystems actually uh, is, produces a low-cost development platform. Uh, Pedro and his team has built a very interesting data lake that integrates data across a lot of systems and, and do a lot of varied uh, analytics. So, Pedro, I'm really happy to talk to you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, it's really a privilege to, to be part of this, uh, this event. So, yeah. Thank you. So, can you start by uh, telling our view, listeners about uh, what does OutSystems do? Yeah, sure thing. So the first thing I want you to know is that I, I'm not an odd systems developer. I'm, I'm responsible for the data side of things, but uh, I'm, I'm familiar with the product. It's actually uh, one of the reasons why I chose this, this company. Odd systems is a low-code uh, application development platform, right? So our product is right. called Odd Systems. The company is called Odd Systems. What we do with low-code is uh, basically building a, a rapid applica- building applications. It's a, a rapid application development platform. And what it, it started by allowing you to develop uh, responsive applications that integrate easily with your existing stack. These days, you can actually build your full stack uh, using our systems uh, from front end to back end. Um, it's actually leading the market. It's, it coined the term low code, I'll say. I think mm-hmm. low code started without systems uh, 19 years ago, a long, a long time ago. Um, it was founded in Lisbon, in Portugal, where I live. Um, and basically these days it's recognized by Gartner and Forrester as the market leader in low code technology and also working in no code technology. The difference between the two are, of course, uh, whether you just want to do drag and drop or have a bit more freedom in the, in the yeah. code that you're writing. No, we have, uh, yeah, I can tell you just, just for, for sizing that, uh, you know, we started with just a few people 19 years ago, but these days we are uh, over 1,200 employees and we have uh, thousands of customers uh, worldwide. So we have many subsidiaries. And I think the, the last thing I'd like to share with you guys is that I know that we are 19 years old, but we still have a culture and a spirit that uh, really drives the people there into this kind of a startup-like feeling. Um, one of the reasons for that is having something that you guys can check on the web, which is the small book of the few big rules. And those big rules are basically what uh, motivates us to to have this kind of uh, being an autist mere spirit, which uh, which drives us into you know making this company and product better. That's about it. Hmm. So, so it's a SaaS platform, if I, if I may so, say so. So what kind of data uh, analytics you do for the company? Yeah, yeah. so we do provide, so it, it's, a, it, it's a SaaS, right? We have a platform as a service uh, uh, product. Uh, the data that uh, I analyze or I'm responsible to is the, is the B2B data. So it's the data of our systems as a company. We, we don't touch uh, customer data. The customer is the sole owner of their own data. And that's how we want to keep it, as you can imagine. So the type of data that we handle is pretty much everything else. Uh, the, it can be go-to-market data from, uh, from the leads to opportunities to uh, quotes, contracts, uh, provisioning, uh, you name it, we have it. 
We have information regarding uh, internal outsystems operations from uh, human resources to, uh, you know, even vacation apps or, or, or well, the finance piece that is uh, connected to our internal expenses, etc. All of that is there. We have uh, heuristics, uh, actually proper telemetry on product usage. So how is our product being used? How can we make it better? And that's basically a big, big chunk of the data that we receive on a daily basis. And then we have uh, other sources of data that are mostly related with uh, our current operation, right? So we have information from our website, we have information from uh, uh, support systems, from uh, from uh, geodeticating systems and, and, and things like that. Uh, that's, that's the kind of data that we have to handle daily. Okay. And basically okay. we have reporting on top of all of this. Right. So, I mean, obviously this is a lot of data that you are, you know, taking and doing analytics. And uh, so you evaluated multiple platforms as I understand before choosing Snowflake. So uh, can you just walk us through your data analytics journey for last three, four years? Yeah. So we've been using uh, Snowflake since, uh, I'll say December, November, 2016. I was still not in the company by then. I started in the beginning of 2000, in, I'll say May, April, 2017. And basically the data team that, uh, that I ended up managing then, uh, they came up with an architect architecture that needed to be fulfilled for, for our systems. And one thing they need to know about that company is that everybody there is a techie. So everybody there knows SQL. So we have a very strong uh, belief that we could handle our data just using SQL. As you can imagine, big data technology is still a, a mouthful that everybody wants to, to grab, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, risking a technology like Hadoop in a world where you need to find the right people and the right, uh, and, and the right stack, the right stack could be a challenge if you really don't know if that's, uh, that's the weapon that you need to go into this kind of work. So with that mindset, we, we were already big customers on AWS. So hmm. we looked at Amazon S3 we tried to see what we could be done with Amazon S3 and Presto. And back then, uh, basically our evaluation said, yeah, this is, this is good, but it requires a lot of data preparation. Uh, one of the ideas back then, naively, I'll say now, is that maybe the data team could be small enough, you know, a couple of uh, people and a few, just let's say like three or four people would be enough to, to run the whole data operation. And then things like data preparation uh, tasks could needed to be automated. So if you see anything there that will require a lot of effort, it was going to be a, a no-no. So then they looked at something like Amazon Redshift, so all within Great. AWS. Great. But the thing with Amazon, with the Redshift, was that it looked to us like, uh, you know, almost like Postgres on, on steroids. Now it's, it's far more complex than that. But uh, what we didn't, like back then was that our telemetry data comes in JSON format. It's my structure. Hmm. So, uh, and the scaling model wasn't really that that, that strong. Basically, we didn't like the way how that thing scaled. Well, it was going to be also very expensive for us the way it was laid out uh, back then. So we wanted to have something that was also supporting semi-structured data from, from the beginning. And then also at the same time, being able to support SQL. So as you see, this is already narrowing the the amount of tools that you had available back then yeah. to, to to do data warehousing. We also looked at uh, Azure SQL Data Warehouse. Um, 
but again, it was lacking an ETL. Uh, well, we, we needed, uh, <coughs> excuse me, they, they, we don't really have in-house any sort of knowledge using this technology. We were more Amazon guys, not really Azure guys. And Azure was still coming up, but not as strong as it is today, but it was still starting, right? And finally, I already mentioned Hadoop. It was also considered, but it's very complex and there was no team there. The complex ecosystem also was uh, a big challenge for the team. So Snowflake was, was chosen and actually ended up being chosen before the final data team was, was hired. And uh, cool. one of the conclusions we got back then, and you guys probably know, is that it's usually much harder to find the right people than the right tools. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, Hello. Yeah, I'm here. So that's uh, I think that's about it in terms of uh, of choosing Snowflake. We ended up choosing Snowflake mostly because we wanted it to be compatible with the JSON XML, so semi-structured data. We didn't think that non-structured data was going to be something that we will need, and so far this is still true. Um, and yeah, and, and Snowflake allowed us to to use. To use SQL on top of it. Funny enough, we found out about Snowflake because of our AWS uh, uh, colleagues who said, listen, we also have a customer that have this kind of product, you should take a look. And basically when we reached out to Snowflake, we were like, hey guys, we'd like to you know, try your product. It seems like something that will be very interesting for us. And yeah. I think it was quite interesting for them as well because they didn't have their sales platform ready to handle non-American or let's say non uh uh, Amer uh, customers. So we believe we were either their first or one of the top three first customers in in, in EMEA, in Europe, actually. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, 2016 were the early days. So, what is your ETL architecture like? What are you? How are you ingesting all this data from various systems? Yeah. So. We started uh, bringing data using a, a, a now known as ELT uh, platform, right? So we just extract and load data into Snowflake. And once data is in Snowflake in a staging area, then we transform that into whatever objects we need for analytics. Um, we looked in the, at the market and saw that there were a few ETL or ELT tools already available. Um, Fivetran is what we use today. So we use Fivetrain to do that. We also have some uh, custom ETLs for uh, some accesses that uh, that were needed back then that uh, we had to, to, to arrange on our own. Um, we also used uh, some uh, of the tools in AWS to inject data into Snowflake, uh, you know, like uh, the Firehose and all those things for, for telemetry data. We had a very dedicated pipeline for uh, high frequency data. Uh, and, the, and we also used in the past uh, another tool that is called Stitch uh, from Talent. Yeah. It got acquired by Talent recently. So the reasoning behind all these tools, why don't we use just one, right? Well, it was very simple. Back then, not all the tools had all the connectors that we needed, point one. And point two, not all the tools back then had support for Snowflake. So Factron had Snowflake as a target. So that was our main choice. But on Fivetran, you had to choose also the connectors uh, that you wanted to use. Some of the co those connectors did not exist, and others were just too expensive because they were starting as well. And of course, some connectors have to pay more uh, royalties than others. Uh, on the other hand, Stitch had a 
uh, pricing model that was quite interesting for people that didn't have a lot of volume in terms of data. So we could use some connectors by volume on Stitch and other connectors by connector cost, so to speak, on Fivetrend. So that's how we basically managed to control costs. The other pipelines were basically to fulfill gaps in the technology. Okay, great. So uh, tell me, the you know, what are the key features or four or five features of Snowflake that has really helped you in the uh, last three, four years? You know, you've been doing this for a long time. So what are the features you think have really helped you a lot? Well, um, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting question, right? Uh, I think, uh, to me, as a manager, the things that really helped me with Snowflake uh, at getting this going on is the fact that uh, there's really no need to be hiring a DBA for this. I mean, hmm. of course, we need some sort of DBA likeliness, but uh, a, a normal engineer, a normal person who is familiar with Snowflake can easily keep up with, uh, with those tasks. So I, I don't see anybody sharding or, or segmenting data like we used to do in, in other uh, databases. So that's uh, that's just automatically handled by Snowflake. The fact that a lot of this maintenance is done automatically, I think, is is key because it's it's seamless. People will not remember. Will, people will not realize that a lot of stuff stuff is done is done uh, without you taking uh, well pay attention to it. The other one is of course scalability. I think the fact that our company grew when I got in in 2017. We were 500, 600 people. Today, we are over twice that number. And I was able, with this, uh, with this tool, we, this team was able to scale the computing nodes to, you know, first we, we scaled vertically. We just made our two computing nodes stronger and stronger as more queries and more people and more data came in. Then we scaled uh, horizontally by adding more warehouses to address different uh, problems and different uh, needs, right? Uh, and all of that was done having a very, very tight control on costs because it's it's very easy to increase the size of your warehouse or just for an hour, for a day or forever and being able to reflect that on your budget immediately, it's 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 quite convenient. It, it gives you some predictability in terms of uh, structured costs when it comes to the data warehouse. Another one is of course, uh, you know, we chose Snowflake because of this, but we still want Snowflake because of this. Uh, JSON and XML compatibility. So being yeah. able to write SQL on top of JSON is really, really cool. Um, if anything that didn't go as, as, as I would like to is that I do believe that uh, writing queries on top of JSON has a performance impact. Uh, so Snowflake doesn't speak a lot about it, but they know it's true. So most of the time we do use this capability to create an exploded version of some uh, JSON files where you just uh, extract the features that really care about your data. So pure JSON uh, exploration is basically done by data scientists or analysts or even uh, developers that are looking for something that is you know, not very common and only them know where to get it. And once they do, one of two things will happen. Either they will just do the, this one-shot analysis and it stops there, or then they will create an internal ETL to extract those things in a more user-friendly way. So I think that's that, that's something that worked well, but had to be adapted around Snowflake. And of course, um, the SnowSQL language is something that really surprised me. SnowSQL is what they call this Frankenstein between uh, transactional SQL and uh, an Oracle. 
and it has the, the good things from both worlds. And once you get uh, the hang of writing in it, then it's uh, really addictive. Uh, you just don't want to write SQL anywhere else. Is it? Okay. Hmm. And what kind of, have you implemented data security on your platform? What kind of data security have you implemented? Yes, we have some data security. Uh, we have a lot of internal company data, as you can imagine. So we have to, to, to protect our data from, uh, you know, uh, random accesses or uh, malicious intent, things like that. Yeah. So we have uh, encryption uh, on some, uh, so we have uh, areas, uh, staging areas on Snowflake where we get data. Some of our ETL tools like FiveTrend allow you to encrypt data on the fly. So sometimes we actually get information and leave the passwords uh, behind. We don't need, I don't need to store passwords. It makes no, no sense to me from an analytical standpoint. Uh, we also have data that arrives to Snowflake that needs to be encrypted. For instance, uh, we have uh, support tickets for our legal team or for our CISO office. Those get encrypted and can only be unencrypted by the corresponding agents that will handle those tickets. Well, not the tickets are handled on Zendesk, but they will like to build some dashboards on top of this information. So if they want to analyze this data, they will end up going to Snowflake. Um, that's pretty much what we do. So we provide some sort of encryption in loco that then gets shared uh, across the company. We also have, uh, well, the rest of data security is the typical uh, uh, yeah. role level security that, that level, uh, yeah. Snowflake already has. We also have two-factor authentication. Uh, it started with the administrators. So every administrator has a two-factor authentication and all their activities are locked, especially when it comes to grant and revoke the roles. Changing any sort of uh, access uh, level to, to an object needs to be controlled so we know what is going on. Uh, but these days, it's everything integrated with uh, with Active Directory. So we just, you know, it's too many people. So we want to make sure that the onboarding of people on Snowflake and the offboarding is done in an automatic way that doesn't have to to be done again by somebody who logs into Snowflake pretending to be a DBA just to create a user. So what are you planning to implement in the next one or two years? Like, what is your roadmap? So. In the next year, uh, we are having a very strong uh, focus right now on compliance. So we want to be ITGC, SOX compliant. So we are working a lot about uh, working a lot around the security and monitoring. Uh, that's basically just uh, you know we we were always thinking as a startup company. Now we need to be more corporate, and I think things like this need to be done. So that's actually going to happen until the end of this year. I think it will not uh, take much more time than that. Then we are focused on data lineage and data cataloging. So we do have some sort of data lineage, but we want it to be much better. We want to make sure that when you look at metrics, you know which sources are contributing to that metric, to which extent, if one of the sources has a data failure or a data glitch, can we notify customers that all the metrics depending on that source should not be considered, let's say for the next hour, two hours, depending on our recovery speed. Um, we wanted to have some sort of, a, I don't know if it makes sense to you, but it's what we call a metric reliability dashboard. So a metric has a value, but also has a reliability value, like an error bar. So if we are controlling both, then we are uh, providing confidence to our end users that uh, the metrics that are being calculated in Snowflake are to be trusted because when they fail, they're the first one to know that they failed. 
Um, the other thing that we want to do is, of course, data cataloging. Uh, it's a big company. B2B companies have a lot of metrics. Uh, it's a very aggressive market. So even our go-to-market strategy needs to adapt continuously to you know, make, uh, penetrate uh, well the market and understand even better our customers. Our customers are getting more and more complex just because they are more customers. And also because uh, as you grow, also your company or your, your, your type of customers gets more complex. They are more enterprise-like, so they have more subsidiaries. They attack uh, different uh, verticals and horizontals in business. So all of those things have to be accounted for when we are doing uh, progression metrics or KPIs that drive this company forward. And that's how we define actually our North Stars. Our idea is to have a catalog where all these metrics can be you know, searched for, their definition is available, their evolution of the definition is also available. And within Snowflake, you can then grab some of these metrics to construct uh, what is going to be your North Star for the next quarter or the next year. That's basically a key for, ne for, for, for next year. In, one, in two years from now, I do believe that we will have to revisit. Uh, so within, there are several pillars in data governance, right? We spoke about yeah. the pillar of security. Now we're speaking about the pillar on data lineage and catalog, which basically for me is the pillar of uh, business of use. The one that comes afterwards, and we always rotate the pillars, is probably performance. So we're going to reach a point where this is an inflection point because we are growing exponentially. Uh, with this amount of customers and the amount of complex applications that will, that are being developed, I do believe that our telemetry data will get even more complex because we need to understand even better our product that is being uh, deployed into customers. That will require that we you know, revamp our, uh, our data warehouse so we can handle uh, that information even better. Great, great. Yeah, it was, uh, Pedro, thank you for your time. It was really uh, very interesting listening to the kind of data you are ingesting, the kind of analytics you are doing, and, uh, you know, your roadmap was also uh, very interesting. So thank you for your time, and have a good day. Thank you so much.